I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about breakups are traumatic. Yes, indeed they are. So first we're going to help you understand what the hell we're talking about, right? Right, because <laughs> what we talk about is not always terribly understandable. No, and so we're throwing out words around like trauma. Oh, well, right. you kind of what maybe know that? what trauma is, but what is a trauma, Margaret? Yeah. Well, we hear the word trauma a lot these days, but believe me, it's been a long battle to get to the point where we even acknowledge that it exists and it goes on even today. But yes. the, the most common and working definition of trauma is that it is an overwhelming event that would overwhelm anybody's ability to cope. Okay. Okay. Let's it, say that again okay. because I want people to really understand what a trauma is and then how it relates to breakups. Okay. Okay. It's an awful, overwhelming event that would disturb anybody's coping abilities. For example, if you're in a situation where you could be killed or maimed, or you see a situation where others could be killed or maimed, that is a trauma. Mm -hmm. Okay? And of course the first, who do you think of first when you hear that definition would certainly be soldiers. Of course. Right. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. so many of the guys out there that right. come back, and women too, women as well. are very traumatized yes. by what they see over there, what they've gone through, and it is just absolutely heartbreaking what they go through when they come back. Because it's the gift, the non-gift, that keeps on giving. And I'm going to talk a little bit about why that is yes. as we go along here, okay? But it's, it's a shame uh, and it's, it's so difficult and it's so sad when you see so many people come back and oh, survive yes. something so devastating and then to not have any support or very little support that so many guys are coming back and taking their own life. Yes, and it's very hard often for them to talk about it because we've never given them a vocabulary to talk about it. How many times can you say, I feel awful, I can't sleep well at night, and it goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And they have pictures in their head and so forth. But let me go on. Sure. Um, <clears throat> all right, when you're in an overwhelming situation, um, for example, if you're in a battle scene, or if you live in a family where there are battle scenes, where there might be domestic violence, child abuse, any of those things, you can easily think that you might be killed. You'd be amazed how many adults I've, I've talked with who said they didn't think they were going to live through their childhood and that they thought on any given day they might be beaten to death. Wow. Or hurt that badly. And then at some point they get to a point where they'd say, if this is going to continue, kill me today because I don't want to do this again tomorrow. Yeah, because you feel like you're dying, you feel so like you're like, dying. Yeah. get it over and, with. Yes, that's exactly right. You feel like you're, yes, you feel like you're dying and say, I might as well get it over with. And that is how a lot of borderlines feel. Yes. People have borderline personality disorder. disorder. Yeah, I can't live through another day of feeling this bad, so I'm going to hurt myself. Absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> When you're in an overwhelming situation, your brain and your whole psyche does not record it in a normal way. It 
and this is again for lack of better terminology, it kind of takes a picture of it. And that's why we use the term flashbacks. You're so overwhelmed, you can't digest this experience at, at the moment. So you take a picture of it to figure it out and process it later. Wow. Okay? Yeah. But it goes beyond picture. <clears throat> it captures the whole experience. So there are flashbacks, which are sight going back to it. There are smellbacks, there are soundbacks, there are feelbacks, there are all kind of backs where if you run into an experience that's similar to the trauma you experienced before, it'll come back to you in pictures or smells or sights or sounds. And I, I think that's a really interesting um, thing that you just explained because one of the things that someone might not think about is you might touch something yes. like sand and it takes you back to a place or or metal metal and it feels cold Absolutely. like some you know a weapon or something like that Absolutely. and it would take you back yes and that's how powerful trauma can be and smells are especially um, potent um, I don't know what you might smell on the battlefield nor do I want to think about it but many smells um, are very very powerful to take you back and flashbacks don't just come up conveniently sometimes they're so powerful the person almost thinks they're back in it, or really does think they're back there for a second or two to even a few minutes. Wow. Okay? And those, that's called re-experiencing and a number of other things, and I, again, I'm going to address that later. But we want you to understand the basics. And like we just said about depression, a trauma is something that would overwhelm anybody, and it by no means means that the people who get the worst PTSD are weaker or less manly or less strong or less grown-up than the people who do. And that battle is still being fought with the military around PTSD. They still desperately want to look at it as a weakness. Mm -hmm. Okay? And as Craig pointed out, they don't want to, want to spend the money for the treatment either. All right. Did I say that before? I think I said that before we yes, recorded. Yes, you did. We're going to make you own it, though. People usually feel the immediate effects after a traumatic incident. And one of the first ones that people describe is feeling numb. Your, your whole feeling experiencing system is so overwhelmed that in order to give itself a chance to recover, it feels numb. Everything feels numb. <clears throat> You have all sorts of mood and emotion swings, like um, you might feel scared one minute, angry the next, in shock one minute, um, thinking about the details of what happened the next minute, crying, bursting into tears for no reason at all, going into rage, rages, all understandable feelings and reactions to the horror of what you've been through. And it's happening how often, Margaret? Oh, nonstop, pretty much. The first 30 days after the trauma, the disease is called acute stress disorder, okay? Um, and that's when all these crazy symptoms begin, begin to, to happen. After the first 30 days, it's called post-traumatic stress disorder, where you have the flashbacks, the nightmares, the numbness, um, the wild mood swings, um, irritability and anxiety all of the time, inability to concentrate, um, bad dreams all the time, social withdrawal like in, 
in depression, and all kinds of crazy physical symptoms. Um, sometimes in places where you were hurt or almost hurt, and sometimes just in general. Okay? So all these crazy symptoms follow. Um, and one of the difficult things is once you have post-traumatic stress disorder, it usually becomes cyclical as, you, as you're treated for it. And you might have a couple of months of being symptom-free and say, oh boy, thank God this went away, but it's just Mother Nature knowing that you need a rest. And often for people it's three months at a time. You'll have three months of pretty severe symptoms of the PTSD, then you'll get a break for a couple of months, and then you'll go back again and have another round of the PTSD. And it's almost like Mother Nature knows you have to rest in between episodes of really dealing with this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and like everything else that we talk about, talking about it is the answer. Putting words to it is in the answer. Bad memories are kind of like ghosts. As long as they stay in the dark, they have power. But once they hit the light, when you put words to them, um, then they're less powerful. Also, it's been said, it's been also been contradicted, but I believe it. Um, your brain can't process the picture, okay? Remember, it took a picture of the traumatic event, and the picture comes back to you in flashbacks, nightmares, and there's the picture. Your brain can't process the picture, but once you start to put words to the picture, then your brain can begin to process it. Yeah. So words are golden here, mm -hmm. okay? And sometimes, particularly, you know, for soldiers, you don't want to tell people the awful things that you've seen and heard. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, people would look at you like, like you're, well, like you were nuts, and yeah. they'd, they'd shut down on you because who wants to hear this? Yeah. Um, and so you know, you can envision vets coming back, not wanting to lay this on anybody, and not saying it. Um, well, what we're trying to help you understand is obviously we're giving you a good understanding of what trauma, what trauma is, is, what happens when something's yeah. traumatic, what happens to your body, some of the symptoms of right. it. But trauma isn't only about war. No. A car accident can be traumatic. Yes. I have a friend who flipped his car three times oh. in the span of like a month or something. It was crazy. Yeah. And so now he's traumatized. Of course he is. About getting in a car. Sure. And you know, he's a comedian. Oh. And so, not one that you know. Yeah. Um, and so, he doesn't like driving to long gigs anymore. Who blames him. So breakups are traumatic. Yes, and that's the real reason why we're going there, but we're going to talk about the whole subject. Yes, breakups are traumatic. So you are experiencing symptoms, right. the diarrhea, night sweats, yep. uh, you know, cold uh, like sweats, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, aches and pains that you've never had before. Vomiting, yeah, uh, shaking, yeah, uh, flashbacks, yeah, nonstop crying at a, or crying out of nowhere. I yes. mean, All so kinds many of symptoms. symptoms. Yes, and those are genuinely traumatic symptoms. Okay, um, so a breakup can almost be as bad as a war experience. One of the other major developments in the study of trauma um, was. Um, somebody's final connection that people who grow up in really violent families have exactly the same symptoms as veterans coming back from war. Sometimes I have to say this to people twice. 
Growing up in an abusive family is as bad as going to war and produces the same symptoms. And that was an enormous breakthrough for us to begin to understand. So in the context of being a therapist, and I have specialized in people with an abuse history, I have seen PTSD in all its forms, or certainly many of them. And it can be worked with. It is not hopeless, although it can certainly feel that way in the beginning and when some of those flashbacks reoccur. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that Margaret and I are trying to help everybody see and share with you guys is that breaks are traumatic. And we don't want you to think you're going crazy. We want you to understand that you're being, that you're feeling, your feelings are a known set of feelings and we do know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to feel despair as often you do. Yes. Okay. And, and you know, the good thing about Margaret and I working together is when I was going through some of my breakups, Margaret saw me have all these symptoms. So you have all of them. You yes. know, I would I lost a lot of weight. Right. Um, I you was, didn't want to eat. You isolated. I couldn't eat. I yep. just I had no appetite for months. I would I would wake up in the middle of the night. Cold I, sweats. I would cold sweats like two and three times a night. I'd have right. to change boxers and shirt because it'd be like covered yep. in sweat. And it was yep. like. So this it can crazy. produce some really crazy symptoms. Absolutely. And you need to know that we do know about them and we do have at least a clue of what to do about them. And there's a restaurant you came to hate. <laughs> yes, there Wanna is. Want to have dinner at Chili's? <laughs> Sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> what was the restaurant you ate? Applebee's. Applebee's, okay. All right. Well, um, and you know, it's funny is because um, there was, you know, another girl that I, I've mentioned in videos where yes. we, I thought, you know, talking about it and she just completely shut down and it was bad. I mean, uh, you know, Margaret has been through these traumatic events with me. Believe me, there's <laughs> nothing here he hasn't had. <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. But that's why I understand what you're going through and that's why Margaret understands yes. because she helped me through these things and we've looked at these things because people don't really talk about breakups being traumatic. No, they don't. No, they I really mean, think don't. about the thousands of therapists yeah. around there. Have you ever really heard anything about breakups being traumatic? No. And what you do hear about is couples therapy, but that's usually for couples who are married. Yeah. And so, for what about for couples who are still dating? It's they one have, of the yeah. And it's incredible because this is one of the most painful experiences oh, you'll really ever is. go it through. Really is. And there's no real research about this other than the stuff that we're trying to put out there. There is now, but it's it's relatively new. Uh, when I went to school in the early 1980s, I graduated from social work. 1980s? School. 1980s. I know it's hard for you to believe. Uh, 18, but in one of my former lives, <laughs> though, I did the other stuff. Uh, no one mentioned trauma. And I was already working in a child abuse agency, and I was seeing trauma every day. And no one even mentioned it. And when I tried to mention it one day, everyone looked at me and said, well, those people can't do therapy anyway. Excuse me? Yes, they can. And yes, they do. So we have come miles from there. The phenomenon was called shell shock after World War I, because World War I was a very nasty affair oh, yeah. with mustard gas and ugly trenches and all kinds of awful stuff. So people came back terribly injured from that. And it was called shell shock, and you were just supposed to get over it. Yeah. Um, 
then everybody was coming home drinking. Yep, oh, absolutely. And they say that's especially after World War II, that people came home and drank like fish. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And then what happened? It really affected society. You yes, and I, yeah. I have talked about this. Yes. Um, and, you know, not only that, I don't know about World War I, but I do know about World War II. The men coming back from World War II were told not to talk about it. Okay, which is the worst possible advice anybody could be given. Do you think it's because the army didn't want people to know what really happened? Yes, I do. It was a cover-up? I do. I do think that. I think men were told not to talk about what war is really like because then how would you convince people who know what it's really like to ever do it again? Mm. I have always thought that. Wow. And we've never talked about that before. Uh, no. When I was first in the business and didn't have any idea, I hadn't even gone to school yet, so I hadn't heard the word trauma, but I remember a guy, and I was doing child abuse work, and I had been sent out to the house because the guy was having, he was being violent with his stepson, who was maybe in his early teens. And I showed up, like I say, having 20 minutes experience, and he proceeded to tell me, two things. One was that he was in World War II and because he had German forebears he was sent to Japan and the, the South Seas. And he remembered being on a Navy ship and knowing that guys were in the water with sharks and they couldn't do anything about it. Okay, mm -hmm. So that left him upset and scared for the rest of his time. And then he said he had had a child with a woman he met over there, wow. whom he had left at the end of the war and never taken care of. And in his guilt about that child, um, he was picking on his stepson. So I had no idea that I had done anything good at that point, <laughs> went, went back and wrote a report. And <laughs> when I made the next visit, things were better. What did I know? <laughs> But that man desperately needed to talk about that, and he had had no opportunity to do that. Um, so, you know, talking about it and acknowledging can be amazing. And he did stop abusing the kid. He wow. really did. He tried to find his um, original child, and I don't know what happened with that, but he was starting at the time I ended the case, but he did stop abusing the stepson. You think he felt guilty because he was oh, exactly. taking yeah. care of the stepson oh, and not his terrible. own son? He felt terrible, and he didn't tell the mother. So he thought, if I'm nice to my stepson, then I'm it's betraying, like... Yeah, I'm betraying my first son I who thinking. I didn't take care of. Absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but another thing was going on at the same time, and that is that some people were beginning to, again, realize that these symptoms occur to people who have lived in crazy, abusive families. And that was huge. And a lot of the initial research took place in Boston, where I was fortunate enough to be at the time. Mm -hmm. And many of these seminars were given by Harvard or by some other well-endowed institutions, and all you had to do was show up. So I did as much of it as I possibly could. I was very fortunate to see some of the beginnings of this. And there were two major people who, who made it happen. One is a Dutchman who he was from a Jewish family during World War II. You want to talk about trauma. Um, he did a lot of the initial work. And there's a woman from Harvard named Judith Herman who did a lot of the initial work on families and uh, abused women, for example, or abused men. Um, having post-traumatic stress symptoms. Mm -hmm. so. Wow. And so, you know, 
Understanding that what you're going through is traumatic. It's traumatic. It's an attachment trauma. It's an attachment, and there's no worse trauma. No. Than an attachment trauma, and then we're going to have, in addition to the anxiety caused by PTSD, we're also going to have separation anxiety, and the symptoms turn out to be awful. Absolutely, and so what we're starting to see more and more is that those first two years of life and how we attach and any kind of abandonment, neglect, trauma, abuse, Crazy, general craziness, whatever, has a massive effect on your ability to regulate your emotions, to attach to others, to be a good partner, to uh, handle anxiety and depression. All of these things are correlated. And so when you have attachment trauma in your childhood, and then you have it in a breakup. In a breakup where it, it all comes back, remember, like the paper clips. It all comes yeah. back to you, yes. And then all of the symptoms might even make you feel like you did when you were a child. Yes. Yes. Not that you have words for that, but you can have some awful feelings that seem to come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And you need to remind yourself that you're not going crazy. We know about these symptoms, and we have at least a clue now of how to help. Yes. So I think the worst feeling of all is thinking that you're going crazy. And I have had to say that to almost every trauma survivor who's ever come to see me. Yeah. And I have said to people, and they tell me some god-awful thing that happened to them, do you have flashbacks to that? And they'll say, yeah, how do you know? Right? Yeah. And not, I mean, if trauma is serious, yeah. we haven't even talked about this, let's just talk on it for a second, but if a trauma is serious enough, what would be one of the most extreme things you could see somebody do? Because the brain will block it out. Kill themselves, easily. Well, That's common. Yeah, but I was thinking about splitting. Oh, yes. Uh, well, splitting and dissociating, and that's we'll go into that another time. Yeah, but, yeah. but I just want people to be yeah. aware that something like that can oh, happen. Oh, it's, it's terrible. You oh. know, it's interesting. I had a conversation with somebody recently where he was telling me about his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend's history with trauma, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm sensing a lot of abuse in this girl's history. And then he says to me that he discovered at one point she's lying to him about something. And she's lying to him saying that, at, that the ex, the girl, is talking to three guys. Him and two other guys. And that she says to him that all three of them have the same car. So then I'm like asking a couple follow-up questions and he goes, she lied to me. It wasn't three guys, it was me and her ex. And then I thought to myself, whoa. Was she lying or is she splitting yep. and the ex was really good ex, bad ex? Yes, absolutely. And he was like, whoa, I thought she was lying to me. No. And I'll, just a word of explanation, we will do that one another time. But that, that's how intense trauma can be. Yes. Right? And a baby who's traumatized enough by mother can split mother into two mothers since you can't be without one. There'll be a good mommy and... If he starts to get angry at mom, or she starts to get angry at mom for various things, there must be a bad mommy too. Mm -hmm. So some children end up almost having two mommies, a good one and a bad one. Mm -hmm. And often for the rest of their lives, they'll see people as all good or all bad. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. No, yeah. no, mm -mm. no. Um, so 
I think that's a pretty good yeah. uh, start to a given... But you hear about trauma a great deal now. You hear about the guys coming back from Afghanistan. Now people talk about trauma-informed therapy. And I can tell you, before trauma was even defined or made its way into the therapeutic literature, the general consensus among therapists was you can't treat it. Um, and you might as well not bother to talk about it. Now, wow. we were real helpful. Do you we? think that was the government, too? <laughs> Trying to say, well, if we say we can't treat it, then no one will even bother. I'm sure. But it was a long time becoming integrated into the mainstream of mental health treatment. And it's there now. I sound like a conspiracy theorist today. <laughs> Honest to God, yeah. Well, that is true. And, I mean, who of us wants to hear it? And if you think about it, there are always deniers out there. There are those who say the Holocaust never happened. How do you wrap your mind around the reality of that? People annihilated other people because they felt like it. Well, Is it just because they, they were? Are they in just that much denial that they that have some, to deny Sometimes it? I think people are in so much denial um, that that happens. And there are therapists that I would send somebody with a trauma history to, and there are other therapists that I wouldn't because they couldn't or wouldn't sit with it. I had a very brilliant therapist when I was in first doing mental health work, and she said to me, you need to make a decision before you make a commitment to this profession. Are you willing to sit with the horror, or are you not? And foolishly, of course, I said, yes, I was willing to. And then when they handed me the degree, I had a panic attack. What have I agreed to here? That I'm going to be for the rest of my life, which in fact I have. Um, but what keeps you going... You've tolerated my jokes. I did, and that's really <laughs> traumatic. Uh, but because you see people improve, it, it keeps you going. Yep. But it isn't for everybody. Not everybody can sit with it. Not everybody should sit with it. No. Um, and there's a general reluctance to talk about it. Now, sometimes, I hear therapists say, well, I know there's all this literature about trauma treatment, but it's too painful to put people to, through it again. They've already been through it once. They've survived it. And putting words to it does not re-traumatize them. It frees them. So, I disagree with that assessment. And and, which is why we say you have to talk about the breakup, about because it. yeah. it's traumatic. <laughs> yes, it is. And that's how you're going to heal. Yeah. Um, so, um, please, please, if you have questions or we weren't clear, please let us know. And we'll if, cover trauma again in the yes, future. Yes, and we'll for be sure. happy to answer Because that questions. is one of the yeah. areas you've had extensive work yes. in over the yeah. years. Yes, starting out with showing up free at Harvard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listening. All right, so um, think about all the things that we're talking about and how maybe trauma or the breakup is traumatic for you and how you're having symptoms from it. And, um, and let me say one more time, you're not going crazy. No, absolutely It does not. not mean that. No. So if you want to get our help, just go to my website, askcraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching, Skype coaching, and if you got to get with me right away, emergency Skype coaching. You can also do Skype coaching with Margaret. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website and she can do a Skype with you too. And I will be happy to talk with you. And so that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon. Hi, I'm Coach Margaret, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist with 35 years experience. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. 
If you would like professional help with your situation, please contact us at askcraig.net.